Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Glenn, good morning. Hey, what's up, Mikey? Hey, how you doing, my friend? Man, I, first of all, I apologize. I got a cold and, and a little behind the counter here. You don't, um, you don't you got know, the Rona, do you? No, I do not. Okay. I, I thank, thank the Lord. But um, Folks are going to be like, man, you know, Glenn's been sick for like five months, you know, because we, a little bit behind the counter, we record several sessions at once. So I'll be sick on several sessions, so I apologize, but... But and this it is, is what it first, is. This is the first time you're identifying with the gender sick. Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, All I right. am. That's my uh, my my pronoun is sick. All right. Very good. Very good. Hey, we got a but special. But the muffins look great. The muffins are fantastic know, today. Yeah, the coffee great. shop is good, and I uh, want to thank out a shout out to Brian at uh, always Audio Hive for uh, hosting this coffee this morning. Anybody in need of podcast services. Uh, Check out Audio Hive in Joliet, Illinois. Just outside of Chicago. That's right. Nice. That's right. So yeah, we got a we got a special uh, mate here with us in our coffee. And uh, yeah, let me jump in. So yeah. hey, Paul, great to have you here this morning, man. So uh, you know, we we, we tend to have uh, you know, if you look at at the roster, we tend to have a lot of uh, guests that are women. Um, I think that started when my wife says, look. You know, yeah. folks are tired of hearing you and Mikey. You need some women on here. But, That's right. uh, the softer side. Yeah, the softer side. Uh, but we are breaking that today. We are really privileged to have Paul. Um, yeah. So just an intro to Paul. Um, you know, there's uh, this might take 12 minutes just introing how, how we got Paul here. But uh, there's a guy I know in the program, Danny G. Love him, worked with him. Man, he's my brother. He's my, you know, I call him my sexy brother just because he's always cute. And uh, and he introduced me to this guy named Mike O, Mike, Mike Owens. And Mike Owens, you know, owns and runs a sober living house in Chicago mm. called Trinity Sober Living. So I was asked to come speak there a couple times. You know, I visited there. I've actually had sponsees. You know, that's my, my, my go-to place for sponsees that... You know, they need a real quality sober living environment. And, and I'll let Paul do a more quote unquote marketing intro into sober living. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, along the way, I met Paul there. And, uh, you know, the, the word I have for Paul, um, and, and Paul doesn't know I'm going to say this, but, you know, there's a, there's a book out there called Relentless, right? And that's how I see Paul. Paul is relentless out there helping you know, people that are, and guys that are trying to find sobriety. Um, you know, I actually read a book called Relentless, and they're talking about, you know, Michael Jordan and LeBron James and guys that are really focused and committed to to their craft. That's how I look at Paul. Um, and, and I've seen him in numerous situations, and, and he is relentless. So I'm really looking forward to him sharing his story today. Um, you know, we've had the opportunity a couple times to, you know, I take my, my sponsees, and Mikey, you've even been there too, um, mm-hmm. to Trinity um, on, you know, Tuesday nights. They have, they have like a five-star chef dinner. Oh, right? it's good grub. Oh, man, it's amazing. Jose <laughs> does an amazing job. And then they have a meeting afterwards, and, and uh, you know, I'll let Paul go into that a little bit. 
Um, but, you know, it, it's really a privilege. You yeah, know what I mean? We, we have a lot of guests. And I love our guests, but, you know, it's really special to have Paul here today. So, Paul, welcome. You know, Thank I, you. Thank you very much. I, yeah. uh, that big intro, I had to run back over the counter and get an order. Uh, a couple pumps of espresso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, totally, now you got to be relentless. You <laughs> yeah, know? No, it's no, like, what? Like, How hey, do I be relentless? Do us some more sober push-ups there, Paul. Yeah, no right, problem. Right, no right, problem. Right. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, having this opportunity. Uh, every opportunity I get to you know, share this important message is uh, one that I like to take. So hey, I, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Thank you. So, yeah, I um, <clears throat> the one thing that... Uh, that I'd like to throw into the conversation as well is that uh, I, I heard this come out of Paul's lips and when he works with guys, um, he, he says he'll match their enthusiasm. Yeah. And uh, so I'm enthusiastic today to hear your story. I know, I know at this coffee, I'd love to hear a little bit about where, where you, where you came from, what got you into this relentless place, right? And and what got you here and, and what have you learned and what do you hold on to now that you want to share with the next person? Um, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I've learned a whole lot. I, I, um, I've been sober for a little while now and, and um, my, my early days in recovery were ones that were, were basically out of complete desperation, which I think is an important place for people to get to. Without having that in, the, in our big book, it talks about a lucid interval. And and um, I'm a big book guy, so mm-hmm. you hear me refer to the big book. Well, I got one right here. I always carry it with me. Um, and, um, you know, it talks about, you know, having, having an opera- uh, opportunity to present a, a message of depth and weight. And I think the opportunity is is the one that presents itself when someone reaches what many refer to as a bottom. And uh, my bottom occurred um, um, coming out of the west side of Chicago, uh, once again hanging out with a, uh, and and by hanging out I mean briefly, hanging out with a couple of uh, bad dudes, really not good people, um, you know, getting my my stuff because I was uh, not only alcoholic, I was also a drug addict and, and, and my thing turned into prescription pills. Um, and I don't, I don't want to go into a whole drunk log because I think it's unnecessary. And um, what I, I like to talk about is, is the recovery. So I, I, I want to keep that a little bit brief. The, uh, the important part of that for me was um, I was at a place in, in my, my first marriage um, where my my now ex-wife and I just I mean we always got along we were, it was never fighting but we just were like roommates and and uh, we just were kind of reaching this, this screeching point and a lot of it had to do with my uh, alcoholism and addiction though I didn't like to look at that way because I was I was successful sure I, I had a construction company and I had a bunch of toys and all the, the things I thought made me me and um, that seemed to be going well so I couldn't understand her distress with this you know phenomenal individual she lives with so um we had gotten into a a, a therapy i actually got her into therapy because i thought she needed it and um i uh i I met this this uh therapist who turned out later to be in uh the program and um he's also currently my sponsor and has been throughout my journey um but he 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 called me an alcoholic in front of her, which I was very offended at. What? And I, uh, and I denied it and ran out of the room, you know, fuck you. you know, so, uh, uh, off I went for another couple of weeks and, um, 
a couple weeks later, it brought me to this place where I was escaping the west side of Chicago, um, literally with, you know, the whole, you know, guns and knives and fast cars and all kinds of bad stuff. And, and uh, I landed over in this guy's parking lot, um, and I sat there in my car by myself, and I said, I cannot do this any longer. I said, my ass is kicked. It is over. I will do anything not to put another drink or drug in my body ever again. What do I have to do by myself? So I went upstairs and I knocked on this guy's door and I went in and I said, yeah, you were right. You know, I'm a drug addict or an alcoholic. I said, I'm also a drug addict. I said, I have no idea what to do. And he says, let me ask you a question. I said, what's that? And he says, are you willing to quit forever? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, Man, oh, that's okay. a big question yeah. right there. And an important one. And it actually wow. talks about that in our book on page 90. It says that when we meet this person, you know, who, and, and they're ready, we ask them that question, do you want to quit for good? And um, it goes on to say that, if that their answer is yes, that we should introduce ourselves as recovered people. And I, I believe the word recovered is used in that book because for several reasons, but one is it gives people hope that there, there is something we can do so we can get better. And I said, yes, I am, I'm ready. And, and he said, um, he says, okay, he says, uh, let me ask you another question. He goes, if I could tell you how to never put another drink or drug in your body ever again, what would that be worth to you? You know, and I was like, shit, I'm thinking about that. And I said, I'll tell you what. I said, if you have that answer, if you can tell me how to never put another drink or drug in my body ever again, I said, I will give you everything I've got. Wow. And I said, I've got a big tall pile. And uh, I said, you can have all of it. I said, I know how to do that. I know how to get stuff. I said, I have tried to put down the drinking drug for years. And while I've been able to do it, I've never been successful at maintaining it. I don't know how to stay off. And he says, all right. He says, all right, let's, let's get busy. So essentially, he got me into treatment. Uh, he got me to detox, got me into treatment. I went to uh, I went to uh, uh, this treatment center where they told me I'd uh, get a sponsor, and and uh, I did. I went to my first my first meeting, uh, you know, at that uncomfortable moment where you got a bunch of guys that all know each other looking at you because they you're the only new guy in the room, and um, they said, "Is this anyone's first meeting ever?" I raised my hand. It sure is, and. Um, three guys take me off in another room and, and uh, you know, they start telling me their story. And um, this goes on for another, you know, they, they talk for 55 minutes. One guy uh, was going through a divorce. He was a very wealthy guy. He was going to lose half of all his stuff. He was, you know, telling me, you know, I was 17 years sober. And uh, he was telling me how terrible all that was. This other guy was telling me that he was, uh, he had dodged the IRS for years and he owed him a ton of money and, and he had run someone over uh, uh, early on in his life coming out of a bar drunk and this person died and he had, a, a, you know, this, this, this unintentional manslaughter or whatever it was. And then the third guy, uh, Bruce, I'll never forget, he was sitting in there. He was drinking vodka at the time. I didn't know it, but um, he, he was just barefoot from California, so I kind of forgot about him. Um, but the, uh, the first guy, uh, 17 years sober, his name was Ken, uh, Ken L, and, and um, I asked him to be my sponsor, and he said he would. And he took me through the steps. He said, I'm, I'm going to take you through the steps. And I said, sounds good. He, uh, he told me he was going to wait until I got out of treatment. I said, okay, I don't know anything about AA. I said, fine. So uh, over the period of the next year, um, he, he nursed me through the steps, and, and uh, 
uh, he, we got through all of them and, and it was a long road and a long trip. But, but one of the things that was pounded in my head was meetings, 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 get to meetings, go to meetings, got to go to meetings. I said, okay, you know, 90 meetings in 90 days. That sounds good. So, um, I'm an overachiever. So, uh, instead of going to a meeting a day, I was going to 10 a week. And over a period of time, I started to realize something. I haven't drank or drugged in a really long time. So I'm starting to associate going to meetings with not drinking and drugging. Mm. And um, along about three years into my uh, uh, recovery or program, I uh, was sitting at a meeting uh, one day, one morning, my home group. And um, we're going through the same stuff. There's two guys sitting up at the podium, uh, you know, a chairperson, a treasurer sitting there, you know, Someone says, you know, someone read how it works. Someone reads, uh, read the 24-hour book and then daily reflections. And then we get, someone reads these promises. You know, I just read the promises. And um, then we got a GSR report. Then we got a treasurer's report. And then we got birthdays. And then we got sober birthdays. And then we got, uh, you know, events coming up. And, you know, 25 minutes in this meeting. Time to go. Yeah, I'm looking at people. Uh, I'm like, you know, this isn't, isn't working for me right now. Then we count off and go around the room, and then you split up into groups, and you go out, and everyone reads a step out of this book called 12 and 12. And as we're counting off, going around that room, I remember watching people counting off, and I'm saying, I know what you're going to say, 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 because I've heard all of y'all say this stuff for the last, you know, it was, it was actually five years in this thing. And I said, I just don't want to do this anymore. And I got in my car at, when we split up, and I went home. And I walked in my house, and I told my wife at the time, my second wife, I said, uh, <laughs> I'm done with AA. I said, I, I, I don't want to go back. It's, it's stupid to me. You know, I said, I'm not learning anything. I don't feel better when I leave a meeting when I walked in and, and I don't want to do this anymore. So uh, she goes, oh, my God, no. She'd never seen me drink. She goes, I've heard the stories. Please go back. You know, and, and, and um, I said, no, I said, I don't want to drink or drug. I don't have a desire to. I just don't want to go to this AA stuff anymore. So I stopped going. So along about uh, two weeks later, um, we were having a, a discussion uh, in the kitchen, I remember. She was winning. and um, I said, As they always do. Yes. And uh, I said, I'm going to go to a meeting. She said, good, you need one. And uh, so, you know, she said, no. So off I go, and uh, I walk into this place in Naperville, at Naperville Club, and there's these two guys sitting up at the big book study. There's two guys sitting up at the podium. And we're walking in, and one guy says, okay. He says, you know, go through all, you know, this is the introduction. And the next guy says, he says, we're going to, cover everything in a summary of everything we've done so far and these guys are going through this list and they're talking about the stuff and he's on bill's story or, or dr bob's you know we, we heard about you know you know dr bob talking about that, that you know this stuff occurs with alcoholics never occurs in the average temperate drinker and then bill's story he talks about you know this you know like winchester cathedral and then he's talking about you know the quicksand stretching around me in all directions and i'm listening to this stuff and i'm scrambling to find a book you know and then they're talking about there is a solution and more about alcoholism and we agnostics and you know i just can't keep up they're going fast you know ripping through this stuff and all of a sudden they slow down and say okay this is where we left off last week i have no idea where they were in the book that night at the end of that meeting, I walked up to the guys and I said, uh, I said, one of the guys put him, I said, I said, where'd you learn this stuff? And um, he goes, uh, he goes, well, we read out of this big book every week. And I said, yeah, I know that. And um, I said, but I've not heard this before. And they said, oh, you new here? I said, well, it's my first time at this meeting. 
And they said, well, how long have you been sober? You know, and I'm all puffed up, you know, because sure. I'm looking around this room, and I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm like a veteran here, yeah, you know. Right. I said, I'm, I'm like five years sober, you know. And he goes, oh, he goes, you got a sponsor? I said, sure do. I said, Ken Lott. I said, uh, he took me through uh, the, the 12 steps, and uh, he hit 17 years sober. The guy says, tell me a little bit about your first step. It's okay. And I said, you know, we were powerless over alcohol. I was clearly powerless. I couldn't put, put it down, leave it down. You know, my life was unmanageable. My lawn wasn't cut. You know, my dishes weren't done. You know, I couldn't pay my bills, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, oh. he goes, that's real interesting stuff. He goes, that has nothing to do with our first step. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, tell me about your second step. Came to believe the power of greater ourselves can restore us to sanity. And, and, uh, and, you know, I was clearly insane because, you know, I, I had this great company and then I'd get these guys off to work and I'd go out and I'd pick up drugs and alcohol for the rest of the day. Clearly my life was insane. And he goes, yeah, he goes, sounds like it was. He goes, but that has nothing to do with our second step. And I'm getting pissed. Sure. You know, I'm like, what do you, what do you, did you, were you listening to me? <laughs> I, you know, my sponsor's 17 years sober and he took me through the steps and you're telling me we did it wrong? And he says, I'm really glad you didn't drink or drug that night. He said, but that has nothing to do with our, our step work. And uh, I was mad. And he says, uh, you want to learn what's in this book? And I said, yeah, sure. And he goes, uh, all right. He goes, let's go learn. And I said, okay, when do you want to do that? He said, how about now? And I'm like, it's 830 at night. What are you talking about? He says, do you want to learn this or not? And I'm like, all right. So I love that, Let's man. go, smartass. So uh, off we went to Quincy's. That does go, man. I'll stay till midnight. Yeah, that was me. So uh, we sat in this this diner for uh, three hours that night, and this guy covered the better part of the big book, and he talked about the steps, and he, he taught me what was in here because I didn't, I didn't understand. No one had ever presented this to me. I've read this book. Mm -hmm. I was told to read this book when I first got in there. I read, read the first 164 pages. I said, fine, I did. I didn't know that I was reading a textbook. No one ever told me that. I thought I was reading a novel, you know? I'm reading Bill's story and Bill gets drunk, he gets sober, he gets drunk, he gets sober, he gets drunk again on Armistice Day, you know, again, I'm like, Bill, don't drink, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, and you know, I, I think I'm reading John Grisham. And, um, you know, it turns out that, uh, you know, Bill didn't have a solution. You know, Bill knew he was dying of untreated alcoholism. He didn't know what to do. And uh, even though the Oxford group was around in those days, he had not had exposure to it. And uh, when you read his story and you look at it that way, wow, that's no good. And uh, when, you, when you look at it in that, that light, it's, it's the, the suffering that he talks about on page eight in that book. His bottom, you know, quicksand stretched around me in all directions. Alcohol was my master. You know, that really resonated with me. Like, this guy was in serious trouble and didn't know what to do. So... Um, Again, the, taking me through the first step, I learned what this stuff was about. The first step is about understanding what we're up against. No one ever explained alcoholism to me. No one ever told me this physical allergy, this mental obsession, this underlying spiritual malady. That's what our first step is all about. I didn't get that, but when someone told me allergy and they explained to me that, that, that your body processes alcohol differently than normal people. This is what Dr. Silkworth was trying to tell us. And I was like, Someone told me I got thirstier when I drank. And I'm like, I understand that. Sure. That makes sense to me. That, yeah. Okay. I didn't want to get drunk. I wanted to get drunker. I didn't like getting high. I wanted to get higher and higher. And I'm using drugs way past the point of what most people would do because it was never enough. I understand what that means. So I could, that resonated with me. You know, it talks about the mental obsession. This guy went on to tell, tell me essentially that our brain lies to us about what's going to happen next time. And, and, I, and again, it was like, 
I always, I always, you know, was able to rebound from the really bad things. And and it's like, you know, last time, you know, you were in the hospital with with three point restraints or four point restraints. You know, it wasn't five. You know, remember when they tied your head down? That really sucked. So it wasn't that bad. Okay, I didn't really lose my job. I didn't really lose my wife. I didn't really lose all my money. I was able to fix my car. Whatever the bad thing was that was going on at that time when I was ready to quit one more time was fixed or there was a little bit of time in between it and the threat was gone. Okay, so my brain starts telling me shit that's not true again because I'm going to drink. And when my brain tells me that stuff, I got a body that will accommodate it. Okay, and then after all that, I have this underlying spiritual malady. You know, I think I'm the center of the universe, and I know what to do. And I didn't know what to do. That was the big lie. It talks about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in the book. The person that I presented was different from the person that I was. I couldn't look myself in the mirror in the morning and tell myself that I'm not going to be able to do this one more time because I knew it was a lie. But I go out there and I tell you that. You know, I, I would I would manipulate, I'd lie, I'd cheat, I'd do all the things that we do. Because I'm going to drink and I'm going to drug. I have no way out. I understood what Bill Wilson was saying there. And it resonated with me. So this guy started talking to me about what was available to us and how I can work these steps so that I, too, can have an opportunity at a, at a sober life. I didn't know it was possible. And I had worked the steps. I went through all the steps with a man who was loving, kind, tolerant, patient. He, he, he was sober a long time, and he had no idea what he was talking about when it came to taking someone through the steps. Sober. Is that, is that, because, is, is that because that wasn't part of his journey, do you, do you suspect? I, I really don't know that answer. Uh, I've lost touch with him. I've always wanted to hook up with him again at some point, and um, you know, it's been a long time now. But I don't know. But you know, they did things differently. You know, old AA, and and this is where we we have gotten away from. If you look at the big book and you look at the history of how this stuff all came together, AA is 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 completely different from what it was way back when. And I love AA. People say, you're bashing AA. I'm not bashing AA. I love AA. I do a lot in AA. But what I learned was the stuff that's in this book is different from what is presented at a lot of meetings. You know, meeting makers don't always make it. 90 meetings in 90 days will do nothing to keep you sober. Nothing. It will keep you sober for those hours that you're in the room, which is cool. Sometimes, most of the time. Right. But what happens on day 91? I'm not cured on day 91. And that's that's the message that a lot of people get when they're saying, well, 90 meetings, shit, I can handle that. And then, you know, I'll double up. You know, I'll go to four and five a day so I don't have to stretch out the whole 90 days. But I haven't worked a single step. You know, I haven't gotten hooked up with a higher power. I haven't made amends. I'm not helping another person stay sober. Our steps are all about a spiritual program of action. And if we don't have that, we're screwed. If you can't get comfortable and happy sober, you're not staying. You're not. This isn't about putting down the drink. It's not. We're really big on that. You need to put down the drink. I understand that. But if my life can't be transformed, I'm not staying. And as, a, as a, a, a sober, recovered person, my life is transformed. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a different person today as the result of working the steps, which is what our 12-step says. Having had a spiritual awakening is the result of working these steps. It's why we do it. If you don't get there, you, you're not going to stick. Mm-hmm. Our book tells us all this stuff. It says half measures availed us nothing. 
half measures back when that stuff was written, you look at old grammar, mm-hmm. yep. it, it, it meant partial or incomplete. It's not 50%. There's people that think that half measures means 50%. You know, I can do half the steps and feel, you know, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's not true. Mm-hmm. If you don't do all of it, you get nothing. And I learned that. Can I go back to, you've said it a couple times and, and you said it in your intro as well, but you call yourself recovered. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm relatively new to the program, and I've heard that in rooms before, and I think, boy, they're cured. Mm-hmm. That's not what you're saying. You're not saying you're cured. You're saying you recover. Can you, you, you? I've heard you explain this before. Can you? Can you really drive that home? Happy to, and and, and it's important. And I get I get so much pushback on this, and and uh, and it's really it, it it's that's that's my way of doing this thing is what what it talks about in the book so it talks about in the book again on page 90 i've already cited it, it that, that it says that when we're, we're talking to a newcomer we should introduce ourselves as recovered people and the reason for that is we have an answer to part of this problem okay okay so we have this physical allergy if you have the physical allergy where I get thirstier, I've crossed this line where I've gone from heavy drinker, moderate drinker, heavy drinker to the real alcoholic. Okay, so now my body is processing alcohol differently than other people, normal people. Once you've reached that point, there's no going back. And a real important thing I learned early on, but I didn't process till much later in life. You can develop an allergy at any time in your life. So we have all kinds of people that are saying, you know, I, was, I didn't do any drinking until I was 30 or 40 or late, you know, 50 or 60. Look at, look at what's gone on the last year and a half. We got more people over the age of 60 coming into treatment centers than we've ever had before. Okay. So you develop this allergy. Once you got it, you got it. it, it it's like I'm allergic to peanuts. I'm allergic to shellfish. I'm allergic to penicillin. Once you have that, it's lifelong. Okay. We, we can't do anything about that. The mental obsession is what we have the steps for. The mental obsession, the goal of working the steps is to have our, ourselves through a higher power, through work, doing work, work, faith without works is dead. Through this program, we have an opportunity to have the mental obsession relieved or removed. If I have the mental obsession removed, I got a fighting shot at this. So our promises, and I love this, you guys talk about the promises, I've, I've listened to your podcast, and, and um, you know, everyone talks about the promises, and, and, and you know, the promises are coming true, and, and the promises are, 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 are laminated and passed out in all the meetings, you know, if we were painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed for we're halfway through. I went up to a guy, and, and I asked him several years into recovery, and I said, halfway through what? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, you read those promises earlier. I said, before we're halfway through, I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, that's halfway through your, your, uh, your recovery, you know? <clears throat> and I said, really? You know, and he looked like he didn't even believe it himself. And uh, so I didn't sound right. I ran across someone else. I said, halfway through what? What's that mean in those promises? And he goes, uh, well, that's halfway through your, uh, that's halfway through your steps, I'm, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You know, I'm like, all right, you don't know what you're talking about. So I go to another. I went to this woman who I really liked in there. And she goes, I think it's halfway through your life. I said, okay. So I walk out of there not understanding anything because none of that resonated with me. Once I learned this book and I look at where this is in the book, well, these are what we call not just the promises. These are actually ninth step promises. So you plug that in. You're at the ninth step. You're making your amends. If you are, if you are painstaking about this phase of our development, making your amends, you're going to be amazed before you're halfway through making your amends. We're going to know so, a new so freedom. So that's what, ha- halfway happiness. through your list or... No, before it's it's a general term, but it's basically the they're saying that, that, the that yeah, step. once you start making your amends, it's saying you're gonna start feeling better. You're gonna know a new freedom, a new happiness, you'll not regret the past because you're dealing with it. You know, you're getting to address this thing with the people that you've harmed. That's what it's all about. 
But all of our steps, except our first step, have, amend, or have a, a promises attached to them, if you know where to look in the book. And, and the promises I wish that we'd laminate and pass around the rooms, and people have heard me say this forever, is the 10-step promises. They, they start right after the 9-step promises. They're at the bottom of that page. And, and it's some awesome, awesome stuff. And I wish this is the stuff that they would read in the meetings, because this is the stuff that resonated with me. It says, we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil as from a hot flame. And, and, and I'm saying, I, I, how do I get that? Yeah. If tempted... I relate to that. We recoil as from a yeah. hot flame. If you got that shit going on, I would like a little of that, please, because I have no idea how to... Do, I understand what recoil means. I put my hand on a hot stove. I don't have to think about what to do. I yank that thing away. If I can get that in my head for when it comes to drugs and alcohol, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why are we not talking about that in, in, in our meeting? Why aren't we reading those steps? Yeah, that's, I'll tell or, you what, that is, that's hope right there for you. That, that was strong. And uh, for those that aren't, since this is an audio podcast and not a video podcast, uh, those... I know, I knew, I, those, I knew Paul should have been on a video. Right, right, because those words <laughs> rolled from his lips. The book isn't open. And I guess, you know, we're, we're winding down a little bit on time for this segment anyway. And we're going to have you right back um, because... Here, here's what here's my, my takeaway so far, is um, you know guilty is charged on 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 how I handled my journey um, so far, and and yeah I haven't drank. Um, have has that tenth step promise come through to me? Honestly, I, I I'm not. I love it. I'm hopeful. I'm not feeling it. And what I'm hearing from you this morning is it's it's not just about. Uh, going through the motions with your sponsor. It's not just about the habit of going to meetings. It's not just about uh, not drinking. It's about the book. It's about the book. And, and in the book, we find the hope and the answers, or the answers and then the hope. And uh, and that's what I've really appreciated about this. And, you know, here here's the other thing. I, I've spent, uh, I've had the, the honor of spending hours with Paul at a workshop and really going through the book and uh, and and it was it was it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating and I just hope people embrace uh, getting the book I think we've got a link to it mm-hmm. uh, in our resource guide you know get the book and and uh, and I love what you said it's it's not a Grisham novel it's it's a textbook and if people really want that tenth step promise uh, you know it's it's a must it's a do must to to work the steps and you learn to work the steps. By reading the book. Well, yes. Pretty simple. Yes and no. Okay. Because it's a textbook, you need a teacher. You need a guide. You need somebody to tell you what's... I read that book. I read that book three times before someone read it to me and explained to me this is what this means. I had no idea what that meant. There is a solution, is an, an incredible chapter. I didn't know what was in it. It didn't make sense to me. The Winchester Cathedral that Bill talks about, he talks about it three times in that chapter. First time meant nothing. Second time he kind of reflected back on it. Third time he understood something. That when, and it, and it, it says in there, it says, much moved. It says, and then he, he, he go, wandered outside. And that's where he read the old dog roll, the, the tombstone. Much moved refers specifically to Bill was seeking spiritual help overseas. And he went to a cathedral to get it. Much moved tells us this. He got it. It came. But he immediately dismissed it and went outside. And he understands that at the end of his story. He said, I looked for help 
help came, I just didn't know what it looked like. And that is so important. My miracles, my God today responds to me in, in, in ways that, that uh, it's, it's incredible to me. It never worked out the way I wanted it to. What I always wanted was the, the bolt of lightning and the burning bush and, the, and, sure. and you know, the, the, great, the grand display. I need my Howard to present itself to me in that way or I don't believe it. And today I look at it this way. I was wandering over here today, and I told you guys, you know, I, my ways brought me to the wrong joint, you know, and I'm like, shit, I'm going to be late. But I left early enough because I allow stuff like that these days. My higher power had my back this morning and got me to where I was supposed to be on time because I'm doing the right thing. Faith without works is dead. I have to participate in my recovery. I love that. Right, so let me jump in. So, so Paul, as, as we finish your, your, your story and, and hope, and we look forward to coming, you know, having you back very quickly you know, again, focus on studying the big book. Um, but where you at today? I mean, the way I view you today, and I know part of your story today, um, you know, your purpose is staying sober and helping other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. And you could put that part in bold. That second <clears throat> no, part absolutely. That. And, yeah. and that's with Trinity, right? I mean, and, mm -hmm. and you have a, a key role at Trinity and you sponsor a lot of guys and you're connected to a lot of guys sharing the message. Um, can, can you wrap that up for us? And then, and then I look forward to having you back really focused on the... Uh, Absolutely. Yes. I, so when I, when, I got, when I got sober, I was, I was uh, asked the question if I, would, if I would do this for the rest of my life. And I committed to that. That's I, a big question, by the way. It's a big question. And, and you know, I was a semi-young man at the time. And, and, um, but it, it, was, it, was, it, was such a, it was such a relief for me to finally get comfortable in my recovery, I said, I have got to share this with others. And there is so much more to this thing than not drinking and drugging. It's absolutely incredible. So I went back to school. I got my CADC. I'm a counselor. Uh, I've, I've done a, a bit of coaching over the years. I've got a private practice doing that. I'm a clinical director at uh, Trinity Sober Living. We've got a, a beautiful house where we have uh, sober living for men. Uh, we're looking to open other houses as well and, and for women as well. It's a greatly underserved uh, community and population, and um, I get to work with other people. I, I, I am active in my recovery. My recovery comes first every single day, period, and everybody that knows me knows that. I sponsor other guys. I'm sponsoring, I don't even know, 18, 19 guys right now, um, and, and, and it's an absolute honor and privilege to be able to take people through the steps of recovery and then walk into a club one day and see them working with a newcomer. Man, you, you want to catch a buzz, try that on for size. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, no, that, that, that's fantastic. So, hey, man, really appreciate you coming in and sharing your story, experience, strength, and hope. Um, really look forward to having you come back. And, you know, man, I just really recognize that we're relentless. And, frankly, you challenged me today to sharpen my own pencil with, with the big book and, and kind of look at things differently, too. So I really appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Paul. See you again. All, All right. right. All right, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week. And remember, there is a solution. 